Welcome to the DLA Piper Pocket Guide to the UPC. I'm Sarah Turner, and in this series, our UPC team will look at some of the key issues raised by the Unified Patent Court and Unitary Patent. This new system will represent one of the biggest revolutions in IP law in over 40 years, and will affect everyone who uses the European patent system, wherever they may be based in the world. For more information, do visit our UPC website at dlapiper.com forward slash UPC, where you'll find articles on each of the topics we cover and much more. Let me introduce the speaker for today's episode, Gualtiero Dragotti. Gualtiero is a partner at DLA Piper based in Milan. He's an experienced patent litigator who advises on complex patent proceedings and other IP-related litigation. Gualtiero is co-chair of DLA Piper's Global Patent Group and is particularly active in the life sciences sector. Today, Gualtiero will be looking at the controversial topic of language in the new system. Over to you, Gualtiero. Thank you, Sarah, and welcome, everyone. During the long walk that led us towards the Unitary Patent and the Unified Patent Court, languages have been of paramount importance. In fact, the language issue almost sank the UPC project, and you can still find traces of the strong debate on that matter in the very structure of the system. Indeed, the ultimate decision on languages was to avoid any decision and rely on the languages of the European Patent Office, which we all know are English, German, and French. As a result, we now have a three-language system with a unitary patent that could be granted in any of the EPO languages and do not require any translation. But for some exception during the important, I would say, transitional period, which is provided by EU regulation number, I've written it down, 1260-2012. Well, those exceptions gravitate, let's say, towards English, which is recognized as uh, the de facto business and technology language. And it could well be and make a lot of sense that eventually English will be the prevailing language of the UPC system. However, the system remains built around the three EPO languages. And most important, one of those languages will be the language of the patent. And that will play a significant role in litigation that is to say, when we enter the court. As a matter of fact, the way the Unified Patent Court system is designed adds an additional layer of complexity to the language issue. As we all know, the UPC is a common court for the participating member states, which consists of a court of first instance and a court of appeal. Now, the court of first instance is composed we all know, of local divisions, which are set up in the individual member states, regional divisions, which are shared by multiple member states, and a central division. In turn, the central division will be seated in Paris with a section in Munich. And originally there was another section in London, but Brexit took it away. Now, let's go back to the local divisions. Proceedings before them will be generally held in the official language of the member state in hosting that division. However, member states could designate or permit or allow further languages, an additional language as language of the proceedings. And uh, 
in many local and regional divisions, there is a, a convergence towards English as a further language. So we have local language and possibly language or further language or languages. Then the parties generally are free to agree with the consent of the court or upon request by the court on the language of the patent as language of the proceedings. And this is then the third one. And the language of the patent as language of the proceedings will be the standard option in the central division. Then in the court of the appeal, the rule is that the court will use the language of the proceeding established in the first instance. Okay, as we can see, the choice of language in this system is, let's say, far from straightforward. And the rule of procedure adds some additional issues. For example, they regulate how to deal with disputes about the language, about the choice made by one party, and the other party could disagree. And they regulate what happens if there is a change of language during the procedure, the need to translate the briefs, the document, etc. All those issues, I would say, suggest at least three main takeaways. The first is that the language of the patent matters and could have consequences that could go far beyond the persecution before the EPO, which now is where you choose the language and, okay, you live with that. Now, patent proprietors must be aware that the choice they do at the time of filing could have additional consequences. Second takeaway, the choice of the dispute venue could affect, as we saw, the language of the proceedings. And this must be taken into account in the, when you design your litigation strategy, including the selection of the legal team. You may want to include, for example, from the very beginning, at least one lawyer who is fluent, possibly native speaker in the language of the proceedings. And third, and related to the second point I just mentioned, language will be or could be an issue also for the judges, because we all know the court will be composed of judges coming from different jurisdictions. And when we choose the language of the proceedings, at the extent we are allowed to do so, this choice could influence the role and involvement of each judge in the final decision. So in a nutshell, I would say languages matter. Thank you for listening. Bye.